Welcome to the Truth Across Time podcast. I'm your host, Sheila Farmer. As a lifelong student of history and English, I enjoy learning about the cultures, customs, and lifestyles in the Bible. Please join me as we explore the fascinating world of biblical events and the people involved. You'll see that the people of the Bible had concerns, triumphs and tragedies, joys and sorrows, successes and failures, not too different from our own. But because the Bible is God's Word, we can learn spiritual, eternal truths while looking at those people. Now let's go on this adventure and explore the truths that cross the limits of time and location. This episode focuses on a man named Bezalel, another example of faith in action. I doubt if many people are familiar with his name, but he made an enormous contribution to biblical history and serves as a role model to every born-again believer. To understand why Bezalel's story is so remarkable, we have to understand where he came from. The Hebrew people had spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt. God miraculously set them free and set them on their way to the Promised Land, the land that God had reserved just for them, under the leadership of Moses. The book of Exodus tells this compelling and fascinating story, and it should be familiar to and studied by every child of God. What should have been a fairly short trip turned into a 40-year sojourn in the wilderness. There are many reasons for this, but it pretty much boils down to this. These ex-slaves who had been miraculously set free from slavery by God, who had experienced major miracles, grumbled and complained and disobeyed God on their way to the promised land. But let's meet Bezalel, a man who demonstrates just the opposite attitude. God had given Moses the detailed instructions for building the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the wilderness was the portable place of worship that was used until Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem hundreds of years later. God gave instructions for every single detail, the dimensions of the tabernacle and every section of it, the furnishings, the positions of the furnishings, the materials to be used, the colors to be used. Every detail was meticulously dictated by God. The tabernacle, its furnishings, and even its physical layout all spoke of Jesus, the coming Messiah, who came many years later. The people at that time obviously didn't understand all of this, but we can study it in this day, and it becomes very plain. The tabernacle was also the prototype for later Jewish temples in Jerusalem. Anyway, Bezalel had been selected by God to head the work crew that would build the tabernacle and create all of its furnishings. Chapters 25 through 40 gives details of the tabernacle, and this is worth an entirely separate study. My former pastor spent about a year of weekly Bible studies exploring this topic, and I assure you, it was fascinating, deep, and rich, and better than any college course I ever took. Let's read Exodus chapter 35, verses 30 through 35. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, 
in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach. In him and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. What a different attitude we see in Bezalel. What a man he must have been. He was endowed by the Holy Spirit with knowledge and skill, and he was called by God to be the chief artisan in the construction of the tabernacle. He was from the tribe of Judah, and his chief assistant was Aholiab from the tribe of Dan. Not only were Bezalel and Aholiab responsible for designing and making the tabernacle, of course God had already given the blueprints and all of its furnishings, they had to teach others recently freed slaves, to build with wood and craft precious metals and jewels and to work with fine fabrics. It's highly unlikely that the Hebrews had had any experience with or knowledge of the skills that would be needed for this major sacred task. Exodus chapter 36 verse 2 says that Bezalel and his workers were eager and excited to do the work that God gave them to do. The results were spectacular, but let's imagine for just a minute what they may have gone through in that building process. Consider the sheer difficulty of building and doing fine workmanship in relatively primitive circumstances. They didn't have power tools. They didn't have specialized printed blueprints or easy-to-follow instructions. They didn't have well-lit, comfortable workshops, no air conditioning there, or any ready-made component parts. Everything was made by hand from scratch, even melting the precious metals to fashion them into intricate, beautiful things and fashioning the jewels that were to be used. I think Bezalel and Aholiab and all the workers had a really hard job to do long, sweaty hours of labor, meticulous attention to detail. Nothing was easy or comfortable or convenient. No such thing as nine to five for them. But they had been chosen to do a holy thing. And they, especially Bezalel, took it seriously. He knew he didn't naturally have the knowledge, the experience, or the skills. He may have felt intimidated and overwhelmed at first, but I believe that he also knew that God had chosen him and called him for this work. He was enabled supernaturally by God to do something that he could not have done on his own, and he was up for it. He forged ahead, and the finished product was just what God wanted it to be. Can the same be said for us? Each person is given particular skills and abilities by God. He gives each of his children at least one talent. 
we will be held accountable for how or even if we use the gifts that God gives us. What has God called you to do? What has he equipped you to do? So many people think, I'm not talented. I don't have any special skills that God can use. I can't preach. I can't teach. I can't sing or play music. I can't speak to millions or even hundreds of people. Can't write well. And so on and so on. So often we look at others who seem to be doing great things for God and we feel that we're just not important enough or accomplished enough to be used for any great purpose. But that attitude is wrong. Yes, it's good to be modest, but never, never discount what God can accomplish if only we make ourselves available. God wants you to do something. He wants each and every one of his children to work for his kingdom, and he will equip you to do it. Bezalel was a recently freed slave. He probably had little to no education. He was almost certainly just a laborer in Egypt, quite possibly with no special skills at all. But God had chosen him for a work, an incredibly complex work. And God endowed him with what he needed to get the job done. Bezalel's background and experience didn't really matter. What mattered was his willingness to do what God told him to do. I believe God may have chosen him for these very reasons. Number one, he would approach the work of God with a willing and eager attitude. And number two, he followed the leading of the Holy Spirit in doing all the work that he did. I believe that God is far less interested in our credentials than he is in our willingness to hear his voice and obey him. The God who spoke worlds into existence can take our simple selves and do something wonderful. We may not even know the results of our work or the impact of what we do until we're with Jesus. But God has endowed each and every one of his children with abilities and talents that we may not even recognize ourselves. God loves you. He knows you by name. And you are expected to make those talents available for his use. We're not saved by works, that's for sure. For by grace are you saved by faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. But our faith, our walk with God, is supposed to produce good works. They're an outgrowth, a natural result of our lives of discipleship. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Read God's Word. Learn for yourself, if you don't already know it, that God has endowed you with talent and ability. It may not be what you think it is. Never discount yourself or anyone else as being unfit or unable to do things for God's kingdom. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 12 talks about various roles that God calls people to. And he specifically says in verse 12 that they are for the equipping of the saints 
that's all born-again believers, for the work of ministry. Ministry is much more than being a pastor or evangelist or bishop, as precious as those jobs are. It's whatever work or task God wants you to do. It's ministry because it will either bring in new believers or it will minister to and strengthen other believers. Sometimes what we think of as ordinary, everyday things can be used by God to minister to people. Acts or words of compassion or generosity or encouragement, for example. You never know whose life you may impact through those simple things. Pray and ask God to reveal to you what He wants you to do this day, and then obey. You may be astonished at what He will ask you to do, but if He gives you a task, a job, a mission, He's going to enable you to do it. You are not alone. If you truly desire to work for the kingdom of God in whatever capacity He leads you to, the Holy Spirit will enable you just like he enabled Bezalel. Please join me on my next podcast as we study more Truth Across Time. I hope this podcast encourages you to develop a closer relationship with Jesus. But if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, I pray you will ask him to be the Lord of your life today. God bless. See you next week.